0: Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. I am loving this spring weather at the moment yes spring is in the air it is so good we have some new little lambs at home one born a few days ago and because they're dorpers they have the little black heads and sometimes little spots little black spots on them they're super cute so it's a good time of year isn't it it's a beautiful time of year so we've had the tractor going this week marty's been out on the tractor he's doing all sorts of things getting things cleaned up after winter which is fun So it's good, it's good, it's a great time of year. We've um, been sharing the last couple of weeks about juicing. Who's been juicing lately? Yes, I see hands in the house. We uh, rocked up on Wednesday morning to our staff time and I think there were five different people who brought their juices in. We had every color juice lined up on the table. We had orange, yellow, green and red. (laughs) All the colors of the rainbow. But we've, um, we've got beetroots galore at home in our garden right now. So we are having beetroot everything, beetroot juice and roasted beetroot and salads. And good thing we like beetroot. <laughs> if you want beetroot, come see us after the service. We will gladly give you beetroot. Um, but yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. I spent some time this week with a friend of mine, um, a beautiful friend of mine, and she's a pastor from a church down in Gaul where her and her husband are pastors. And it's just so good to connect with other pastors and other churches. We are so blessed. We have so many amazing churches in Adelaide, don't we? and in our nation we are so incredibly blessed and meeting with other pastors who are really pursuing the lord and his presence and expanding the kingdom and together we really are one church that meets in many places we are one church one body and we just get to hang out in different places and it's great when we get to gather together and just share and chat and but i was reminded just when we were spending time together How important it is to be praying for the church right now. How important it is to be praying for the church and for the body of Christ. This year has been a significant year when it comes to gathering and not gathering, connecting and not connecting. And it's challenging sometimes after going through seasons like what we've been through to reconnect and regather together. But we need it. We all need it. I don't know about you, but you can be a Christian whether you go to church or not. You know, easy. Yes, 101. Makes no difference whether you're saved or not if you go to church. But to be a strong Christian, to to receive that strength and that encouragement from everyone else is a gift of being connected to the body. And having strong churches is such a powerful gift and something that we are so blessed with. So be praying for the churches. Be praying for pastors. Um, God is doing good things, but we need one another. Amen? Amen? Amen. So I want to pray this morning, and then I'm looking forward to sharing. Lord, we thank you for your presence. And Father, we just ask right now that you would pour out your spirit afresh on us today. We thank you that you're here We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for your mercy that is new every morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are for us. We thank you that you are with us right now. And Lord, we ask that you would speak to us this morning. Father, I ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would bless us. Father, I ask that we would walk away strengthened and encouraged and uplifted today. And Lord, I thank you that you are so good all the time. And we are so thankful for your incredible love and presence. You are so good. In Jesus' name, amen. So, last time I shared, a couple of weeks back, I shared on relational transformation. So, the relational transformation is the kind of transformation and growth that takes place when we spend time with one another. That life-to-life growth, that transform, that's transforming growth that happens from conversations, from life, from general things that we walk through. And it's the transformation that took place when Jesus spent time with the disciples. He talked with them. He broke down bread with them, he shared with them, they asked all their crazy questions and he answered every single one of them. Jesus likes crazy questions, it's all good. (laughs) And we talked about creating a safe place for growth and transformation and I don't know about you but in the last two weeks I've had plenty of opportunities for growth and transformation. Anyone else identify with me? (laughs) And on a couple of occasions I've had to sit back and I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me this is a growth opportunity for you ah, what a good reminder. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in situations or conversations or challenging circumstances and get a little bit overwhelmed by that particular moment. And I love those times when you just sit back and you breathe for a minute and the Holy Spirit goes, it's okay, this is a growth opportunity. And when I think of it like that, it changes my whole perspective from, I'm overwhelmed and this is hard and I don't like this, (laughs) to I can grow through this. This can make me bitter or this can make me better. And I choose better (laughs) because bitter doesn't feel good. (laughs) So growth opportunities are a gift and it's a blessing, not always easy. But always worth travelling through. So I've definitely had growth opportunities in these last couple of weeks. But I'm thankful for it. I am. We were watching on a day off, Marty flicked the TV on, I think, to check the news. And um, good old Dr. Phil comes on. God bless Dr. Phil. (laughs) He tackles the hard stuff, doesn't he? Man, he's a brave man. (laughs) But he was actually interviewing TD Jakes. Pastor Bishop T.D. Jakes and he brought him on and, and he was interviewing him and he's like, he's my good friend, we've been lifelong friends and he was interviewing him and he was really talking to a family that were going through challenges with one of their children and it was a really difficult situation and Dr. Phil as he does in his gentle laid back but very direct and honest way He was just speaking into that family situation and unravelling things and it's quite fascinating to watch. But one of his points was is that all relationships are negotiations. It's not about me getting what I want in this situation or the, the other person getting what they want in the situation. It's about both of the people coming together and listening and hearing and understanding and working out what works for both people. So, you'll be very happy to know the trees are staying and the paddocks are happening. (laughs) Our negotiation worked really well. (laughs) So both is always good, win-win. We call it a (laughs) win-win when we both walk away happy and we care for each other in that. But all relationships are negotiations. I thought that was really just a really good way of putting it and it's true. And when we do come to relationships like that, we begin to see differently that it's not about me getting what I want in this situation, in this conversation. It's about me listening and understanding and it's about the other person listening, understanding and coming to a place where we honour. Each other, and that's a, a beautiful thing. So, and um, TD Jakes was talking about who know you. You guys know TD Jakes. You've heard him, don't you? Just love the way he speaks. Sometimes you just need that big booming voice <laughs> that sounds like God speaking <laughs> from heaven, just booming into your heart. <laughs> he has the most amazing, amazing voice in the way he speaks, and he was speaking about pruning. And I'm thinking, wow, this is so relevant for (laughs) the last couple of weeks. But he was speaking about pruning and how pruning is not punishment. And how God speaks in the Bible about pruning us. And, and, you know, he is the vine and we are the branches. And the father is the gardener. And he prunes off every branch that does not bear fruit. But pruning is not punishment. Pruning is an opportunity for promotion. Pruning is an opportunity for greater fruitfulness. Greater fruitfulness in my life means, number one, I get to enjoy the fruitfulness. Because <laughs> if I am more fruitful, if I have more love and more joy and more peace, more patience, then I actually get to live with myself, so I get to enjoy that first, right? And then the people around me get the overflow of that too. So pruning isn't punishment. God doesn't punish us. He always looks for opportunities for us to grow but the reason why is because he cares so much. <laughs> he is always a good, good father. And when we walk through hard things, sometimes it's hard to process why he allows us to go through hard things. But it's not punishment. He shapes us and he molds us and he grows us. And he brings greater fruit into our lives. So I, I just loved listening this week to T.D. Jakes and I listened to some more sermons of his after that and I think my heart was just filled with that lovely big voice of strength and authority and (laughs) but God is good he is good and whether he is pruning you at the moment or whether you are seeing abundance of fruit in your life there is always a purpose in what he's doing this morning I want to share on following on from last fortnight I want to share on building kingdom culture So kingdom culture is something that Jesus carried when he walked the earth. Jesus came and in Matthew 4, it says, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven was in him. He carried the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom looks like whatever king oversees that kingdom. So whoever Jesus is, that's what the kingdom of heaven looks like. So he is love, he is goodness, he is grace, he is kindness, he is strength, he is filled with power and authority. He is everything opposite to what we see in the world. So what is kingdom culture? Kingdom culture really is creating a culture and an atmosphere of what Jesus prayed when he prayed the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus came to do. He modelled kingdom culture for us. He modelled the kingdom for us. When he came to someone who was sick, he released healing to their sick body and they were healed. When he came to the brokenhearted, he re- he released love and he released hope when he came to those who were shattered and bruised and broken he didn't hurt them or wound them he lifted them up with grace he came with the kingdom in him to demonstrate what it looks like to release the kingdom here on earth and the truth is each and every one of us here today have the kingdom of God inside of us and he is alive inside of us and his spirit lives in us So kingdom culture is a transformative culture. So when we embrace a growth and transformation mentality for ourselves and when we realise what we walk through in life isn't just random. Sometimes life feels random though. (laughs) Sometimes things do just feel absolutely random but God is in control But life isn't random. God knows and he understands and he sees and he goes ahead of us in everything. So when we understand growth and transformation in our lives and God's plan for growth and transformation, we can begin to see what we walk through, not just as random, but having purpose and having power. And God has a plan in everything for us. Many years ago when Marty and I were first married, so before our kids were born, we had lots of extra time on our hands. (laughs) All the parents know exactly what I mean. But in our first few years of marriage, we were really um, challenged and inspired by past revivals and a lot of men and women who really carried revival... There are so many of them. We used to go and buy stacks of books and we would just read and read and read about men and women who did significant things for the kingdom who God used really powerfully. And I read about different women of faith. I read about Mariah Woodworth-Edder and I read about Catherine Colman and Amy Semple McPherson. And I read about all these women back many, many years ago before the time when it was acceptable for women to speak or minister, before that time, they stood in obedience to the call of the Lord, and saw multitudes saved, and healed and set free, and saw the Holy Spirit fall with power upon multitudes. And I read about these women, and I would get down on my face, and I would pray that God would make me a woman of great faith. And I would cry out to the Lord that he would make me a woman of God, a woman of great faith. And I just have to say, be careful what you pray for. Brian and I were chatting last week or the week before. God answers our prayers, I tell you, but not in the way we think he's always going to. I don't know what I was thinking when I was praying that, except that I was reading these, these phenomenal testimonies and stories of what God did through other men and women. And Smith Wigglesworth, I love the stories about Smith Wigglesworth and the healings that he saw in his faith and, and John G. Lake and like there are so many. And I would cry out to the Lord and just pray on my face God make me a woman of great faith make me a woman of God (laughs) and from that moment onwards God has allowed me to walk through challenge after challenge after trial after trial and I don't know in our minds what we do think when we ask Lord Lord give me greater faith Lord give me greater grace Lord give me more compassion He will give us opportunities to grow in those things. He gives us opportunities to be transformed in that area of our life. (laughs) So what have you been praying for lately? Maybe have a stop and have a think. (laughs) See what's going on in your life and, and see if it's maybe an answer to a prayer. Maybe not a prayer recently, but maybe even a prayer many years ago. And the thing that I love is that God is not limited by time. He is not limited by time in the way that we are and he isn't limited by different seasons of life like we are. So a prayer that we pray as a child has no expiration date. And you might have prayed something many years ago and he hasn't forgotten because what he placed in your heart years ago is still in his heart for you. And if you've prayed things and you feel like maybe it's expired or maybe it hasn't come to pass or maybe it never will, I want to encourage you, maybe go back and revisit and see what the Lord might be speaking because he might still be speaking that same thing into your heart that he spoke all those years ago. He is, he is committed to transforming us. And when we pray and when we ask things, he does whatever he needs to do to form in us what he has for us in that season. Before we stepped into ministry, it was many years before. We, we didn't even think in this season that we would be in full-time ministry. We were, um, we were youth leaders in the youth ministry. We, our kids were tiny. I think Jordan was still a baby. And we used to have a, um, a home group in our house every week. And I remember one Wednesday night when we gathered together with, with all of the youth... I remember one time the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and I felt him say, and it was Joshua chapter one, and it said, be strong and courageous for you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. And I got my Bible and I opened up Joshua chapter one and I just began reading and reading and reading. And I'm like, whoa, what does this mean? And I had little idea at the time, but God began to unfold that over time. But the thing that I know now is that I would need that strength and courage in times to come. Now, whenever I get a prophetic word to do with strength or courage or anything of the sort, I'm like, okay, hold on for the ride. Here we go. (laughs) But God knew that I would need strength and courage in my life. I've never been one to be the big, boldest, loudest person in the room. I'm happy being a peaceful person. I am content in who I am. So Facing difficult things is not my greatest joy. Facing confrontation is not something I run into. But God knew that I would need strength and courage for the path ahead. And I didn't feel strong. And I didn't feel courageous. And when God would ask me to do something and when he would ask me to step out, my initial thought was, I can't. <laughs> How am I going to do that, God? But then I would remember his promise and I remember his word And I would speak over myself, I am strong and I am courageous. I don't feel it, but he says I am. And I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to step out even when I don't think that I can. Because I can trust him. So be strong and courageous. God is a transforming God, and He sees in us far more than we see in ourselves. And He believes that we can accomplish far more than we believe we can accomplish because He knows who He is. He knows that we are jars of clay. But when we are willing, and when we are available, and when we give Him our yes, and when we're obedient, anything is possible. Kingdom culture is a transforming culture. And when we are embracing a transformation process individually and we come together corporately, that's when we see a culture change. That's when we see cultural transformation. Because it's not just one person being transformed, it's an entire body of people being transformed and releasing that transformation, that fruit, that abundance. I've been reading this week... ...in 1 and 2 Corinthians, and Paul speaks a lot about um, sharing in the sufferings of Christ. I never really understood that when I used to read, how do we share in the suffering of Christ? I mean, he went through the ultimate suffering on our behalf. But when we go through suffering, when we go through trials... ...what Paul says is that we receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit we receive the comfort of the Lord we receive his strength in place for our weakness we receive his joy in place of our sorrow we receive his strength when we are down we receive all that he is in place for all that we are struggling with so when we go through struggles we receive his comfort and what Paul says is he says we don't just receive comfort for ourselves but we receive it for you And we pass that on to you. And he says, what I have suffered and the comfort that I have received, I share with you in your suffering. So what you go through in your life is not just for you. And the battles that you gain and the things that you face and the victories that you win are not just for you. It's for the people around you and possibly even for generations to come. So as parents, I want to encourage you, the things that you face and the things that you overcome, your children receive the benefit of that. And then they face things and they pass on the victory to their children and their children. So what we face today is not just something for our little life and our little situation. It is far bigger. And sometimes that's why the battles are so big. Because God is doing something in us that is for far more people than we could comprehend or understand. I've been through transformation in my life, just like we all have. And in my life, I've been through probably the two biggest areas of transformation one was by love, and one was by fire. <laughs> oh my goodness, Jesus, 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 help me. <laughs> So many years ago when we were really experiencing quite an awakening here in this place and God was moving so powerfully and the Holy Spirit, we love you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) The Holy Spirit was just moving in incredible ways, incredible ways. And one particular time I encountered Jesus and his love literally went right through me. And I just was on the floor bawling my eyes out with this love wave after wave. I had no idea. I knew Jesus loved me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, but I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I hadn't experienced. I hadn't felt. I hadn't encountered a love like this before, and and this particular encounter just undid me from the inside out, and I was on the floor bawling my eyes out, and, and then this fiery love came upon me, and this fiery Fire began to burn in my heart, and I saw in that moment I'd been a Christian my whole life, and I'd always tried to do the right thing. <laughs> Not always got it right, but I tried. And in that moment, I saw myself for who I really was in comparison to Him. He is so beautiful. He is so beautiful and his love is so pure. His love doesn't change. It's not angry one minute, disappointed the next. His love is always for us. He is head over heels for us. He loves us. His love is incredible and he is beautiful. And in that moment, I saw with the fire of his presence, I saw how unclean I was in comparison to him. And I saw everything in my heart That wasn't right and wasn't good. And I literally just began to cry out in this fiery moment. And I had to cry, Stop, I can't take it anymore. Stop. But don't worry, I wasn't the only one making noise. There was a lot of other stuff going on. (laughs) God was touching a lot of people. But in that moment, I fell head over heels in love with Jesus. And I was born again, again (laughs) by love. And he transformed my heart and he transformed my entire life with love that night. And I was a different person. And my husband and my family were very grateful. (laughs) But that was something that set my life on a different path. That's why I'm here today. That's, That's partly why we're here today. God transformed me in that moment. Every encounter that we have, every moment that we have with him every touch touch of his spirit, maybe every dream that we have or word of encouragement we receive is an opportunity to not only encounter him, but to be changed and transformed by his love for us. And it is a beautiful thing. I am so grateful for every moment of transformation in my life. I am happier. I am just filled with more of who he is because of those moments. But many years later, I went through another transformational process, the complete opposite. (laughs) God will work in our lives in many different ways. I love the mountaintop encounters. (laughs) I wish all transformation could just be on the floor with Holy Spirit, just boom, done. (laughs) But many years later, I went through burnout quite badly and For five years, I was very unwell and for nearly three of those years, I couldn't physically leave the house. And in that moment, God stripped everything of my life that really could be stripped away. And I battled for my health and it was a very hard time as a family. And in that season, God transformed me again. If I could have chosen, I would have loved another carpet experience (laughs) rather than, than the next one. But through that season, through those years where I didn't know if I'd get up again, I didn't know what my future would look like and I had to battle to hold on to hope in that season. Through that season, I held on to that encounter with the Lord and I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now and I'm scared and this is hard and I have no idea if I'm coming out but I know you love me and it held me it helped me through that season. But I realized in that season that a lot of my identity and a lot of what I had built in myself, I had built externally from what I did, people I pleased, even pleasing God, and all of the external things in my life really became a big part of my identity and the way I saw myself. So when that was all stripped away and I had none of that, and it was literally just me in my bed, ...alone in my house with Jesus... (laughs) ...I felt completely empty... ...completely stripped... ...and I faced again the depths of what's really inside me... ...and how weak I really am without him... ...and that I really can't do anything apart from him... ...and I learnt in those years where I couldn't do anything. I couldn't please anyone. I couldn't get affirmation from anyone because I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't receive all of that input and that encouragement. Good job, well done. You did great here. You did great there. You see, I would built myself on other people and what they thought of me. And God stripped that. He stripped it down pretty strongly. And in those years... I had a lot of time to work through what was in my heart and I had a lot of time for God to speak to me and to change me and to transform me because my identity comes from him and him alone and I love you all and I love my family and I love everyone who God has blessed in my life but what he says about me is what matters. What he speaks to me is what I anchor my life in. And I had to learn in those years that my identity did not come from what I did. My identity came from him alone. And I had to dig deep and hold on to Him. And I had to dig into Scripture. And it was another one of those seasons where I had Bible verses literally stuck around my bedroom, every wall. I had multicolored verses everywhere. Anyway, I had handwritten stuff scribbled out and stuck up because I had to remind myself every minute of every day His promises. I had to fix my eyes on him when my circumstances were completely different. And when I was in the middle of a battle and when I was fighting, I had to literally read those verses minute by minute and just say them over and over again. And what I found after those years is that in that season and in that time where I had to cling to Jesus, he was all I had. I began to see his voice and his words and his spirit really plant deeply in my heart so that when I came out of that season, I realized I was a changed person. God had transformed me in that season. My fear of man was gone. (laughs) My desire to please people was gone. My fear of failure was gone. Because all of that is connected to the external. And all of that is connected to how we perform. And for all these years, I couldn't perform. (laughs) Jesus is good. (laughs) He has a sense of humor with us, I tell you. (laughs) But I couldn't do any of the things that I had built in my life. And none of them were real and they wouldn't last. And God knew that I couldn't continue on in what he had for me if I were carrying these big crutches all the time. I was going to continually fall down if I was relying on people, if I was relying on man, and if I was relying on my own performance, I would always fall short. So he had to allow me to go through that process, and I came out knowing I am loved. I am enough. Whether I am laying in bed, whether I am doing the dishes, whatever he calls me to do, I am enough, and he is pleased with me. And it changed my heart and my life. So both seasons, both times for me were encounters that changed me. Both were completely different. And I pray you get the good ones. Jesus, give them the good encounter transformation stuff. But both were powerful in my life. And both changed me and transformed me. And I am who I am today because of that in my life. So God is committed to transforming us and he is committed to kingdom culture and kingdom transformation because he not only wants to see us fully free in who we are and fully free to be loved and free to be, you know, fully acceptable for who we are and and just able to carry that joy, it is freeing. (laughs) It is freeing just to be loved and to live in that place. But he not only wants us to do that, but there are many more that he wants us to share that with. There are so many more. And what he is doing here in us, because we are all kingdom carriers, and the culture that he is forming here is something that he is going to be bringing more people into because he wants others to have what you've got. He wants others to experience him in the way that you have. They are looking for hope. And they are desperate and they need Jesus. They need his love. They need his goodness. So he's not only doing stuff in your life for you, he's doing it in you for those that you're yet to encounter, for those that are yet to come into your life, for those that are yet to come into this place. Because we want to see the kingdom of heaven advance. We want to see his kingdom grow. We want to see people come into the fullness of what he has. There is nothing like knowing Jesus. I have never met anyone that comes close to him. Never. But he is alive in you and he is alive in me. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if we have a fancy building or not. We could meet in a shed. He was born in a stable. (laughs) He is not phased by the outward appearance of anything. It's fine to have nice things... But it's not what really matters. So whether we have a fancy building or not, or whether we're wearing great clothes or not, what really matters is, does Jesus shine through you? Do people see him in you? Do they see him in me? Do I carry the kingdom in me? Am I willing to step out and release healing when healing is needed, love when love is needed, hope when hope is needed? Am I carrying the kingdom And am I available and willing to release the kingdom? That is what matters. And when people walk in here, what really matters is do they see Jesus? Do they walk away feeling like they've encountered him? I love being around people who hang around Jesus. I love being around people who spend time with him. They shine like him. They sound like him. You walk away feeling warm and fuzzy. (laughs) It's good. He's good. He is so good. And the more time we spend with him, the more we're transformed into his likeness. It is his love that transforms us. And even in my season of burnout, the transformation that took place in me was anchored in his love. Without his love, I wouldn't have got through what I went through. It is his love that transforms us. It is his goodness and his kindness that brings us to repentance. It's not a heavy hand. It's not a rebuking voice from the heavens he's a good father he's given everything for us and it's his love that draws us close and as we're transformed more like that we begin to be kinder to ourselves (laughs) you know the saying that we can be our own worst enemy (laughs) it's true isn't it we're often harder on ourselves than anyone else is on us but the more time we spend with Jesus and the more we encounter his love, the more we begin to love ourselves like he loves us and show grace and kindness to ourselves like he does. And the kinder we are to ourselves, the kinder we are to others because we know that we love our neighbor as ourselves. <laughs> so why not spend some time really being kind right here, and learning to love who we are, learning to love who God's made us, learning to embrace who we are, Give ourselves grace and kindness. And the kinder we are to us, the kinder we'll be to others around us. Kingdom culture, kingdom transformation. The world is looking for something different. The world doesn't need more of the same. The world has enough stuff going on, a lot, a lot of mess, enough, enough heartbreak to last 100 lifetimes. People want something different. People want something real. And that's what you and I carry. That's the kingdom. That's Jesus. He's real. He's alive and he's right here today. God's good, isn't he? He's good. And he never changes and that's something that I've learned over the years and that I hold on to, that no matter what season I'm going through and no matter how I'm feeling, he's always the same and he's always faithful. Luke 6 verse 45 says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. When God was really working in my life in burnout and when he was really transforming me, probably at the core of what he did was really transform my mind. He really allowed my mind to be renewed and my mind to be transformed. And at the core of transformation, what we think and what we believe affects what we speak and how we act and what we do. So what we think about is really powerful. And I've always been fascinated about how this verse says the mouth speaks out of the overflow of the heart. So what we speak is a reflection of what God's doing in here. And in Proverbs, it says above all else, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. And that doesn't mean to stick big walls up around yourself, (laughs) hide in a castle, and never venture out in, in fear of being hurt. What it means is when we are hurt, forgive. When we are hurt, let God heal us. When we are hurt, make sure that our heart is whole again so our heart doesn't become hard because out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks. So God is doing a good thing and he is transforming us and he is transforming his church and he is transforming the body of Christ because we are the gift that is given to Jesus when Jesus returns. You are the gift for the wedding feast. We are his bride. We are what he gave his life for and we are what he's coming back for. And our willingness to embrace growth and transformation is as much for us, the people around us, those we haven't even met, but it's as much for him as it is for anything else because he deserves the best of who we are. And God doesn't want us to carry baggage because it's hard work carrying baggage. But when we come before the Lord, he wants the whole of all of our heart. He wants all of who we are. And he is transforming us for us, but also for his son. So why don't you stand with me this morning as we pray. (laughs) I want to invite the worship team to come back up this morning. Lord, we want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And Father, we thank you that you are always at work in us. (laughs) Lord, we thank you for the good seasons. We thank you for the fruitful seasons. We thank you for the beautiful seasons, Lord. And we also thank you for the things that we walk through that are hard and for the things that you are doing deep within us that no one else sees. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful beyond faithful beyond faithful and that you are a good father. And I thank you, Lord, that we can trust you with our whole heart and lives. And Father, today we want to say yes to your transformation in us. And Lord, we want to say yes to your kingdom culture and transformation here as your family here on earth. Father, we long for heaven to be poured out on us and in us and through us. And we're hungry for more of your spirit. We're hungry for more of all that you are. Lord, we need you. You know that we need you. So today, Lord, we say yes to what you're doing. And we say yes, not only for us here, but for those that are yet to come. Lord, we long that your kingdom would be expanded. We long that your kingdom would be extended here on earth. And we say yes to whatever you need to do in us, Jesus. I say yes. I say yes to you, Father. I say yes to you, Holy Spirit. And we trust you. We love you. And we invite you into every place in our heart and in our life. And I ask, Lord, that you would flood every person here with your incredible presence with your incredible love, Shaba, Holy Spirit, that you would come with fiery love. <laughs> oh, you would do what only you can do. That You would change our hearts with one look of your eyes. And we say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to you. We say yes to living a life with you walking with you and talking with you sharing time with you we thank you that you love us and that you care about every detail of our lives and every hair on our head you are so good father you are so good and it is such a joy to love you and it is such a joy and a privilege to be yours and it is such an honor to give our lives to you And Lord, we ask that you would release your kingdom here on earth through us. We ask that we would see people healed and set free. Father, we ask that we would see people saved. We ask that we would see people delivered from what they're going through. Father, we ask for an outpouring of your Spirit. We ask right now, Lord, that you would fill us and that you would use us and you would do in us whatever you want to do, Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that you would bring in those that you're longing to bring in. And we pray for a mighty harvest, Lord. We pray for a harvest. Father, expand our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. We ask that you fill our spirits this morning, that we would have eyes to see how you see. Give us ears to hear how you hear. Give us a heart to feel what you feel, Lord. Let us carry the heartbeat of heaven for the broken and for the lost and for the hungry, for those crying out Let us feel your heart, Lord, and change us and transform us until we can be living bread for the hungry. We can be drink poured out for the thirsty. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands this morning? Lord, we just ask that you come. Holy Spirit. Just begin to ask Him, just begin to ask Him to come. Just begin to invite Him in. Invite Him into whatever areas of your heart or of your life where you know you need Him. Begin to ask Him to fill you with His heart, with His spirit, more of His voice, more of His presence, because He's real. And He's not looking for people who will just blindly be obedient. He is looking for relationship with you. He is looking for intimacy with you. He is looking for you to spend time with Him and to live with Him and breathe with Him, be filled with Him. So come, Lord, come. Come into our hearts and come into our lives and fill us because we want you. We don't just want to read about you in the Bible and we don't want to just hear about you from other people. We want to encounter you for ourselves. We want to know you for ourselves. We want to feel you afresh today. Lord, we are hungry and we are thirsty for more of you. And we pray for more of you today. Yeah, come, 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 more, more, yeah, more of you, Jesus, Holy Spirit, breathe, breathe on the flames of our hearts. Shakura basantu, la makira basantu. Oh, more, more, more. We need you, God. We need you. Shakura basantu, la makira basantu, rabashia papa. Yeah. Father, we ask that you would stir in our hearts and stir in our spirit. That you would stir a fresh hunger for more of you. That you would stir a fresh hunger for your kingdom. And Father, for areas of our lives that we've been broken in. And for areas of life where we might be carrying hurt and disappointment. Father, I ask for healing this morning. Father, I ask that you would break the chains that hold us back. That you would heal our hearts from the things that we've been carrying. That you would set us free. Lord, I ask that you would free our minds, that you would transform our thinking until we think like you think and we speak like you speak. Lord, we're hungry for more of you. So come and stir in us a fresh hunger for you, Jesus, a fresh longing for you, Jesus, and let it last longer than this moment, Lord. Let us wake up in the morning and let us walk through this week with a greater awareness of you and a greater awareness of your presence, of your love for us, of your longing for us. And We say yes to you, Jesus. We love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. And I just want to pray over everyone this morning. For those that are carrying hurt and for those that are carrying burdens, I just want to release healing over you today. He is always your safe place. Jesus is always your safe place. He's not disappointed with you. You haven't let him down. He's never disappointed with you. He always loves you. He's the good father in the prodigal son story. He's looking every day and waiting. He adores you. And I just release healing into your life this morning. And for those carrying burdens, he wants to lift them off your shoulders. They were never yours to carry in the first place. He wants to lift burdens today so that you walk out freer than you walked in. And as we give him those things, he lifts them off our shoulders and he exchanges it with his goodness and his grace and his kindness. And we are so free. (laughs) Oh, you're so good. And for those needing physical healing this morning, I just release fresh anointing oil over you right now. We release healing oil, anointing oil into every body, into every cell, into every joint and ligament, into every organ. We release healing in the mighty name of Jesus. Shaka. We release your healing anointing and we receive it right now, Father, in Jesus' name. And for those who need healing in relationships, healing in families, healing in marriages, I just release fresh hope, fresh love, fresh encounters with Jesus, (laughs) fresh joy. We release healing today in Jesus' name. Yeah. And I just pray blessing over this coming week for each and every one of us that this week would be filled with fresh encounters with Jesus, a fresh awareness of His love and of His presence and of His goodness, dreams and visions from heaven, (laughs) encounters with the King of glory. (laughs) So good. One encounter with Him will change your life forever, forever. So we say yes, Lord, to all that you are and yes to all that you have for us. And we thank you for your goodness. And we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your kindness. And we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And everyone said amen. Amen. Bless you all. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next week.